Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive back into this great music, where we're talking about Borjak's Sixth Symphony. And this episode covers the second half, so you may want to go back if you haven't listened to the last episode. I'm English, and at the moment we're living in India, in a communist corner of the country, but among a few fervent supporters of Hindu nationalism. I find nationalism, even I think shades of patriotism, uncomfortable. Love of country seems to me to be very close to my country's better than yours. But in 1880, when Antonin Dvorak wrote his Sixth Symphony, the Czech and Bohemian corner of the world was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, ruled from Vienna. It was hoped that this symphony would get its first performance in Vienna, with the illustrious Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra, which had played a piece of Vorjax the previous year. But they played it through, and then they sat on it, and in time it became clear that it was all just too Czech for them, with an inference of inferiority. Today we'd probably call it racism. For Vorjax, his nationalism was about self-determination, about the small country that he came from being run by itself. Like many composers labelled nationalist, Borjak was keen to preserve and honour the musical heritage of where he came from. The whole symphony is steeped in folk tradition, but in the third movement it fully comes out into the open. The usual light-hearted dance movement is in this case a very Czech furiant. It's got biting cross rhythms, it's full of urgency and vitality. a lovely contrasting section in the middle. As so often in 19th century symphonies, this bit starts with woodwind instruments. They're calling out to each other, like shepherds calling across the valley. But then this music develops into another tune, with this lovely shimmer. Listen to what he does here. kind of glistens in the sunlight. It's one of my favourite things in the whole symphony. And then he goes back to this furious dance. Borjak knew all about Czech dance music. As a youngster, he'd played in the village dance band. In an interview with the Times newspaper of London, he says, The Slavs all love music. They may work all day in the fields, but they're always singing. And the true musical spirit burns bright within them. How they love the dance too. On Sunday, when church is over, they begin their music and dancing and often keep it up without cessation till early in the following morning. Each village has its band of eight or ten musicians. I belonged to ours as soon as I could fiddle a little. The musicians got paid via a whip round, but in Vorjak's case, all the earnings went to Dad. The Sixth Symphony that we're listening to eventually got its first performance in Prague, where this overtly dance music went down a storm 
and the movement had to be repeated before they could move on. You're going to love it too. The last movement offers more demonstration of Dvorak's skill. The tunes continue to pour out of him, and like so many really great pieces, by him and others, Dvorak here devises a ten-minute movement where you don't see any of the artist at work making it all coherent and hang together. It's got a natural flow. In a lecture to students at the Prague Music Conservatoire, Dvorak said, To have a wonderful idea is nothing special. The idea comes of its own accord, and if it's fine and great, man cannot take the credit for it. But to take a fine idea and make something great of it, that's the hardest thing to do. That's what real art is. That's what Dvorak does here so well that you don't even notice. It's brilliant, joyful, life-affirming. Click on the links below to have a listen. If you enjoy it, or even don't, please comment at cacophonyonline.com or on the Facebook page. Please rate, share and subscribe to the podcast. Come back for more next time. Thanks for listening.